You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. All flesh will be called upon to be silent. Listen, what are we talking about? Well, the many voices, the varied noises that oppose God, which prevent men from hearing God's word, will one day cease. Listen, all of the counterfeits, all of the substitutions, all of the excuses in this day will fail. There's coming a day when all of creation remains silent before God. The voices opposing God in the world today are loud. They're powerful and convincing for many. They cause people to reject the offer of grace that God is offering. But one day, they will be silenced. Today, Pastor Mike will discuss the silence in heaven as Jesus finished opening the seals. This silence is striking. It emphasizes the power Jesus has and how ultimately all will come to recognize and acknowledge Him as God. Judgment is coming to all who've rejected Jesus. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Revelation chapter 8 for his message, Silence in Heaven. Listen, let's get right to it. Why don't you go ahead and grab your Bibles and we'll pick up where we left off. We're studying the book of Revelation and in the progression of that series we now move into Revelation chapter 8 and this message, the title is Silence in Heaven. Okay, so if you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, well then you know that this section here in the book of Revelation is known as the Great Tribulation Period or the Seven Years of Tribulation. It is God's judgment and wrath being poured out upon a wicked, Christ-rejecting world. And listen, by this time, uh, moving into chapter 8, the cataclysmic seal judgments, and we've been talking about those seal judgments over the last two weeks together, so those seal judgments of God have decimated the physical earth. And it's a pretty bleak scene, right? All resulting in, as we've discovered, Death, famine, war, the people of the earth are sitting in darkness. The sun and moon fail to give their light because of the judgment's effects on the earth's atmosphere, as is suggested there in chapter 6 and verse 12. But anyway, now, with the loosening of the seventh seal upon the scroll, and remember in one of our past studies, we had already established 
that that seal represents the title deed of earth that was lost because of sin by Adam and Eve's disobedience in the Garden of Eden, but now is being reclaimed by Jesus by right of creation and redemption. So anyway, Jesus has already loosened the six seals, and with the loosening of the seventh seal, mankind is about to be introduced to another series of judgments, fiercer than the first, fiercer than the first seal judgments. Okay? So anyway, uh, that sets up our Bible study, sets the platforms, and brings us to our first point, and that is heaven's inhabitants in awe. Okay, so let's get into our text, chapter 8 and verse 1. Now when he, that is Jesus, opened the seven seals, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Okay, so this is that silence in heaven. Uh, think of it as the lull before the storm. The storm of God's wrath being poured out upon the world. That's about to break out soon. And I want you to notice here that there's no worship, there's no praise, as we had seen when we were first introduced to the scene in heaven. All of the events that are taking place around the throne all of the activity, there's lots of worship, there's lots of, of praise. But notice here, in our text, the inhabitants seem to be in awe. And on their part, there's great expectation and suspense. You know, one writer put it this way, referring to what was going on in heaven, all the inhabitants are breathless. They're forced into silence. And, uh, and then he goes on and gives us the reasons why. He says, listen, we too would be silent and breathless if we really knew the fearfulness of the holiness and judgment of God upon sin. And then the writer goes on to declare, if we really knew, we wouldn't wait another minute, never mind a half hour, to cry to God for mercy and forgiveness. If we understood the full significance of the doom of the lost, as these hosts of heaven must have known, as they breathlessly watched the breaking of the last seal during the tribulation period. You know, the psalmist in the, 20, in the second psalm in verse 5 may have been thinking of this particular event when he wrote, Then shall he speak, it's by the way, Psalm chapter 2 and verse 5, Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them, in his sore displeasure. Okay, so the Bible tells us that there is also a day coming when all of the earth, all flesh, will be called upon to be silent before God. Let me give you a couple of cross-references for this. For example, in the book of Zechariah, in chapter 2, and verse 13, and these cross-references that I'm about to share with you, I think takes us to these events that are unfolding here in chapter 8 of the book of Revelation. So Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 13. Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he is aroused from his holy habitation. Let me give you another cross-reference from the book of Habakkuk in chapter 2 and verse 20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. So, 
That particular verse of scripture is written, if you note, under the heading of woe to the wicked. So, the Bible tells us that there is also a day when all the earth, as it relates to what we've just mentioned, all flesh will be called upon to be silent. Listen, what are we talking about? Well, the many voices, the varied noises that oppose God, which prevent men from hearing God's word, will one day cease. Listen, all of the counterfeits, all of the substitutions, all of the excuses in this day will fail. There's coming a day when all of creation remains silent before God. Okay, jump ahead to verse 6. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Okay, so we're about to be introduced to the next series of judgments. That series of judgments known as the trumpet judgments, which have just followed the seal judgments. And that becomes our second point, and that is the trumpet judgments of God. And I should also mention that even as with the loosening of each seal on the scroll in heaven, there was a corresponding event taking place upon the earth, so it is with the trumpet judgments. Now these seven angels before us, executors of God's will, prepared for judgment, and I've mentioned this before, but, and remember, angels seem to hold a prominent place in times of crisis associated with judgment. For example, think about Sodom and uh, Gomorrah, and how that the angels smote that wicked group there in those cities and delivered just Lot from that condemned city. It's all recorded for us in the book of Genesis in chapter 9. So the way that angels played a prominent role and position in that time of judgment. Well anyway, each angel, notice here, is given a trumpet to sound. And this picture I think is very suggestive when you consider what the trumpets represent in the scriptures. For example, we know that trumpets in the scriptures were used to summon Israel to warfare. It represented God's intervening in the affairs of man. And so these trumpet judgments before us speak of the ultimate, final intervention of God in the affairs of men upon the earth. It speaks of the warlike judgments which are about to fall upon the wicked. Now, let's go back to our text, and let's read verses 3 through 5. Verse 3, Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, and he was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, with the prayers of the saints, ascend before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and earthquakes. Okay, so here we are introduced to another angel. And this angel is exercising, notice, these priestly prerogatives. But notice the point of emphasis here in that text that we just read 
is the prayers of the saints. And I want you to think about it. And, and think about what is about to uh, happen as it relates to the prayers that have been collected and is kept by this angel. I mean, how many times have we prayed, even as we were instructed to pray by our Lord, Thy kingdom come. And by the way, that's about to take place, isn't it? God redeeming the world back unto Himself. Or how many times have we prayed, God deal with sin in our world? Or make all of the wrongs right? Or avenge yourself on those who have blasphemed or reviled you? So these prayers have been kept in heaven, waiting for this particular day. So here it is clear then, that these kinds of imprecatory prayers have a connection with the sounding of the trumpets. They're invoking judgment. Okay, notice also in verse 5, let's go back to our text, the altar. And as I've already mentioned, yes, there's an altar there in heaven uh, before the throne. And the altar from which the angel filled the censer with fire, I believe, represents the place of judgment. And the fire represents judgment of God upon sin as seen in the Levitical offerings in the Old Testament. And then the casting of the fire into the earth is merely a token judgment indicating that the sound of the trumpets will follow. And then notice the result of this is these convulsions there in verse 5. The thunderings, the lightnings, the earthquakes causing disorder upon the earth. Okay, so with that said, that, that brings us to our third point, and that is purging, cleansing, and preparing. And isn't that exactly what God is doing? He's doing all of these things to prepare the earth for His Son's second coming. So that becomes our third point, purging, cleansing, preparing. So God is purging the earth, He's cleansing it by fire. He's preparing it for His Son's second coming. Think of it as a precursor for what is recorded in chapter 11 in verse 15. Why don't we quickly turn there. It says, Then the seventh angel sounded, as we will see in one of our future studies, and there was a loud voice in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have now become the kingdoms of our Lord, and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Now, let's go back to our text. Notice there in verse 7, let's pick up there. Now the first angel sounded, okay, so the trumpet judgments were about to take place. The first angel steps forward, he blows the trumpet. The first angel sounded, and the result of which was, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. Okay, so with the sounding of the first trumpet judgment, hail and fire fall from heaven, and notice the effect, it wipes out a third of all of the earth's vegetation. Now, this is reminiscent of what had taken place when God judged the twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But think how seriously this particular cataclysmic judgment would impact our ability to produce food. And then, 
second trumpet is about to blow. Let's go back to our text, verses 8 and 9. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain, burning with fire, was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Okay, now, some meteoric mass that resembles a mountain on fire plunges into the sea, the result of which is it kills one-third part of all of its creatures. So think about that. The effect that it would have upon our fishing industry. It would absolutely shut it down. And also, there in verse 8, notice the mention, it says a third part of the sea became like blood. That would have been the result of death and then the chemical makeup of these bodies of water, the result of this cataclysmic judgment. And then the third trumpet is about to sound. Let's pick up in verses 10 and 11. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. And the name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became wormwood, or likened unto poison. And many men died from the water because it was made uh, bitter. Okay, so the third trumpet sounds, and once again, here is another meteoric phenomena that could refer, it could actually be a, a literal star that fell from heaven, or a meteor. Notice it's soaring through space. And as it approaches the earth, and in the sweep along earth's surface, it turns one-third of our fresh water supplies into a deadly liquid. We're talking about our rivers, our springs, and our wells. Now something like this, to a lesser degree, but something similar to this, took place on March 21st in 1823, when a volcanic explosion in the Aleutian Islands uh, took place, and the Aleutian Islands are located, by the way, in Alaska, and that volcanic explosion caused the water in and around the area to become so bitter it was unfit for human consumption. So in that day, many wicked men will die from this water made bitter by God's divine judgment. You know, I just thank God today, while there's still time that we can drink of those soul-satisfying waters that Jesus spoke of, that is, those waters of life, those living waters that only He can give. And then the fourth trumpet is about to sound. Let's pick up now in the remainder of chapter 8, verses 12 and 13. Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Okay, and so with the blast of the fourth trumpet, God, according to our text, withdraws all light from man. And we can't even imagine the effect 
that this would have upon our health and our ability to exist. I mean, disturbing the cycle of seasons, making food production impossible. But listen, if that isn't enough, notice there in verse 13 the suggestion that there are three more judgments, a part of these trumpet judgments, that are about to follow, and they're going to be more severe, if you can imagine that, than what was already been described for us here in our uh, text. So in anticipation of this, notice the angel cries out for each one of those final judgments, those final three trumpet judgments, he cries out, woe, woe, woe. Listen, men have been resting on a false hope right from the very beginning of uh, time. I mean, think about it, the general consensus of man. And Peter refers to this in his epistle in 2 Peter in chapter 3 and verse 4, when there he tells us that all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And men have found a great comfort in that concept, but it's a false concept. Because listen, the days are coming when the so-called fixed laws of nature will be changed by God, who is the source of all things. And the real tragedy in that day will be in the fact that men will not repent of their sin and turn to God. But listen, that's in that day. Today there is now full salvation offered to all men everywhere if only they will turn to God through faith in Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this question. Are you trusting him for deliverance from the wrath to come? If you're not, please receive him at once as your Lord and Savior. Now you say, how can I do that? Well, simply we begin by confessing our sin. Just simply confessing to God that you are a sinner. And then secondly, just ask God to forgive you of your sin, acknowledging that God has made provision for the forgiveness of your sin through His Son, Jesus Christ. He paid the penalty for your sin. The Scripture says He became sin for us who knew no sin. He died for our sin. He paid sin's penalty and then asked Jesus to come and be the Lord and Savior of your life. Then ask God to give you His Spirit to help you live your life as directed in His Word that is the Bible. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And you know, and openly and publicly praying this prayer, you're letting it be known that you've made a decision, that you're going to follow Jesus Christ, that you're acknowledging him and embrace him as your personal Lord and Savior. And then, listen, if you're making this decision alone in your living room because of this online uh, service, immediately pick up the phone, call someone, and let them know that that's the choice that you made. So would you? In my father's house, there's a place for me. In my father's house, where I long. That's all we have time for on this edition of In My Father's House. Did you know that you can listen to Pastor Mike's teachings on your favorite podcast app? Just search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio and be sure to subscribe. And let us know you're a listener in the comments. 
We'd love for you to join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship, too. Check harvestnyc.org for service times. You can reserve your seat by clicking on Contact and then the Register link. We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, or if you're unable to attend in person, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time studying God's Word. We're live streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to catch previous Sunday messages, click on the Resources tab. You can also watch services through our Vimeo link or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to all of these are available at our website. One more time, that's harvestnyc.org. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask you to join us in praying for all those listening to Pastor Mike's teachings. Please pray for open hearts and open ears to hear and accept truth. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us today. We look forward to our continuing study of Revelation next time, here on In My Father's House. There's a place for